0: folks thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of e pluribus unum the final episode before the new year to add to that excitement i'm using an actual microphone today not just speaking into my phone so we're getting professional here folks we'll see how it goes hopefully the audio quality is better please let me know you can message me on instagram to let me know how it sounds, and also to let me know that you're listening. That'd be super cool. Just as a reminder, I know it always comes at the end of the episode, but if you're someone like me who doesn't always listen to the credits at the end of the episode of a podcast you're used to listening to, as a reminder, you can follow me on Instagram at conservativejewishfemale. You can also find my blog, conservativejewishfemale.blogspot.com, and I would really appreciate you following me on Instagram, hearing your comments. Also, please leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen to the podcast because apparently the algorithm works some way that if there are reviews and shares and ratings, it is helpful for the podcast and hopefully we'll get more ears over here. So I would really appreciate that. As I mentioned on Instagram, I would really appreciate you there because of something that happened to me the other day on Instagram. So I posted something from Thomas Sowell. The post was, have we reached the ultimate stage of absurdity where some people are held responsible for things that happened before they were born while other people are not held responsible for what they themselves are doing today? Interestingly, I've Posted a couple of things by Thomas Sowell, and each time I do, they are the most commented on and most liked posts, which is good because that means people probably know Thomas Sowell and like him and are reacting to him. And whether they're reacting to him for good or bad, at least they're paying attention to him, as opposed to some of the posts I share about things from Torah, which unfortunately do not get as many reactions. But this time, I got a lot of negative comments. Maybe not a lot. I think it might've totaled to three or four, considering most of my posts don't get any comments. Four was a lot. And I'm not going to read them all to you, partially because they were very long, partially because reading them the first time gave me so much anxiety and i now understand why people who frequent the internet don't read the comments because people can be really nasty but the gist of the comments were along the lines of i don't understand why white people and as a white person i'm responsible for the things that my ancestors ancestors may or may not have done or did do. I guess my ancestors did it. They don't know who I am, but they still know that my ancestors did something terrible just because I'm white. How dare I use my religion, or I'm using my religion improperly because I don't support abortion, but I still support police and the military, and God is going to judge me, and a whole litany of things that I was accused of. It really bothered me, and I was trying to analyze why it bothered me so much that people I don't know said all these things about me, and I trying to get over it so that I could sleep and I realized I don't it's not so much that I care what these people who don't know me think of me because they don't know me and everything that they're saying really doesn't have anything to do with me and wasn't personal and it really has more to do with who they are their own anger and hatred that so fills their heart that they feel the need to speak so vitriolically towards someone on the internet that they've never met they don't know me they don't know my religion Thankfully, they didn't attack my being Jewish, they just attacked my belief in God, and I think they were attacking people who are conservative and also religious generally. If they had said something anti Jewish, that is something I would have responded to, but as it is, I decided not to respond to anything because I don't think, unfortunately, social media is a way to have good conversations, which is why I was so hesitant to even be on social media at all. Because if I post something, but I'm not willing to comment or respond to people's comments, I don't know that it's being helpful to just post things. But since I try primarily to post things that are positive, especially Torah-based, and because I think social media maybe is not a good place for discussions, but is at least a place where people can be exposed to different ideas. So I'm just They are sort of as an exposer of ideas and not so much as a conversationalist. I would be happy to have conversations with people if the opportunity presented itself, but in this case, I'm just going to let those comments stand because they were attacking me personally and they're people who don't know me. So I don't know that I can really have a good conversation with people who choose to attack me personally without knowing anything about me. But the part, again, that really bothered me about them was that they were just so full of hatred. They truly don't know anything about me because if they did, they wouldn't have said that I don't care about people. They just wouldn't have, well, they might have said some of the things. Clearly, we have a different view of how the world works or how the world should work. But I think I was the most bothered by their assumption of how my religion and my faith in God affects how I live because they got it totally wrong and they clearly don't understand my faith in at all, and how truly I believe that all humans are created in the image of God and therefore equally deserving of love and respect and dignity, just like these people were created in the image of God. And even though they were not nice to me, I'm not going to treat them in the way they treated me. I was surprised that they used God in religion. At least the one person who commented, so I think it was a she, has some Christian faith, it seems, of her own. So it's interesting that she, and we all do this, all religious people, we pick and choose what we follow, but you know, that comes down more to personal faith, like whether or not one keeps kosher or how diligent one is about Sabbath, at least in Jewish terms. I'm not as familiar with the different practices in Christianity, maybe, you know, how often one goes to church, for example, but I would think the basic ideas like be kind to your neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. And in Christian terms, it's even stronger to love your enemy than it is in Jewish terms. I would think that if she were truly a believer in God, she would act that way towards me. And had she presented her ideas and her objections in a kinder way, I would have responded, but she did not. And so I'm going to let them stand. If there are other people who follow my Instagram who would like to engage in that conversation and respond to their attacks or their politics that I am happy for it I just the internet unfortunately allows for anonymity and so much hatred and all I can do is spread love and truth and hope that it gets through to people so the part that really bothered me the most was how angry they are and I will say I have a newfound empathy for people who make some sort of comment and then the social media mob or the SJWs come after them and they make some sort of lame apology. I don't... I still don't think people should apologize when they haven't really done anything wrong, except maybe misspoke, especially if they haven't misspoke and they've just said something people don't agree with. However, I do have an empathy and an understanding of the people who do make those apologies, because the first thing I wanted to do was apologize to these people, and not because I felt like I had done anything wrong, but because they were so angry. They are so angry and full of hatred, and I don't want someone to have so much hatred, and if there's anything I could do that would help. Like, if apologizing would help, my instinct is to apologize because I don't want those people to be angry. I know apologizing won't make them less angry. Their anger is internal and something they have to deal with themselves, and all I would do by apologizing would be a pure in any way they don't know me. So I'm not going to apologize, but I totally understand the people who do. And it's hard. If you're a good person, you want to apologize when people are angry at you because partially for yourself and also for them. So all I can wish for the people who left these angry comments is that they find peace of mind and develop a true empathy for other people who don't agree with them. And if they do love God, that they learn to love their neighbors as themselves as God commanded. What does always make me think when I'm confronted by this, specifically when it comes to race relations, but also when it comes to the discrimination against people who are gay or transgender or anyone who's discriminated against, I am confronted by the idea which I read about again in the Book of Jewish Values by Joseph Telushkin, so it's newly on my mind and on my mind also because of these comments that we're not allowed to stand idly by when we see an injustice being committed or even stronger, we're not allowed to stand idly by when we see someone's life is at stake. If someone is about to die, we must do whatever we can to save them unless it will put our lives in mortal danger. So if there's a mugger pointing at a victim with a gun, we don't have to tackle the mugger, but we should call the police or try to distract the mugger, whatever we can. We don't have to get shot to save the person, but we should do whatever is in our power to try to save the victim. An interesting example that Joseph Tlushkin makes is that if someone is drowning and we're not a good swimmer, then we don't save them by jumping in after them because we can't swim. So we're not going to help them by jumping in, but we do what is in our power. So can we call the police? Can we get a lifeguard? Can we throw them a rope? Whatever we can do in that situation, we're required to do. Now, saving a life is a little bit different than stopping an injustice, but we're also supposed to hate evil and we are supposed to pursue peace and we are supposed to hate injustice. So I'll admit, that sometimes it's hard to reconcile those two things because I know that if I love God and I want to make the world a more godly place and I should hate injustice and do everything I can not to allow injustice to continue and then I don't march in Black Lives Matter protests for instance and from someone's perspective who sees real injustice and against Black people or people who see systemic racism and everything... Will think that i am ignoring an issue and by their account and if they're religious also by god's account i am doing something wrong because there is an evil that i am not working against and specifically this summer but always when people are protesting against injustice and hatred and racism which are all ungodly things it is difficult to stand idly by or to explain why one is standing idly by how do we reconcile all the injustices in the world with how we respond to them. And this value of doing what we can to save a life has helped me to understand my role in fighting injustice. So back to the example of, if someone's drowning and I can't swim, I don't save their life by jumping in, maybe I can save their life by throwing them a rope or calling a lifeguard. There are injustices in the world, But we don't all have the capabilities of taking all of them on, certainly. And we don't all have the capability of taking them on in the same way. And frankly, we're all going to see different injustices and be moved more strongly by different injustices. I have always loved working with kids. I've been a camp counselor, a teacher. I love kids. So I'm particularly moved when I hear about injustices or problems that have to do with children. So I'm a very strong advocate for school choice. I volunteer with kids. I've been trying to volunteer with kids in the foster system. God willing, one day when my husband and I have the capability, we would like to foster children. That's that's where my interest is. That's where I see injustice and sadness in the world. And I know because I work well with kids that that's where I can offer the most help. Of course, part of it is what injustices we see and what injustices are true. Part of the reason I don't march in Black Lives Matter protests is because I don't think that there is systemic racism in the United States. I think there's racism because... As i've mentioned before there are people and where there are people there are going to be good people and they're going to be bad people and racism is one of the things that people can be bad with not all bad people are racist some people are pedophiles some people are racists unfortunately that's true but it's not an injustice that I think is true on the scale that people in the Black Lives Matter movement tell us it is. So I don't march in the streets. And that doesn't even include, obviously, rioting and destroying property and hurting people. That's a totally separate issue because that's not fixing a problem. That's just acting bad and lashing out out of anger. But protesting is a truly viable way of giving attention to an issue and also letting politicians and others in power, letting them know that it's an issue that a lot of people care about. And there are protests that I would participate in. I would participate in protests, for instance, right now, against lockdowns. I would march. I would go out to restaurants without a mask on or or things like that because that's an issue that really matters to me. And it's also something where I feel like I can do something about it. Honestly, though, going to a march actually would be really hard for me because the idea of that many people together in even though it's on the street it's still a somewhat confined space i don't know if i'm much of a protester in that way i'd probably prefer writing letters that seems a little bit more my speed or you know having a podcast which is a little bit my way of speaking out so yes a big part of it especially when it comes to the systemic racism is that I don't believe and I don't think the facts support the idea that there is some sort of systemic racism in this country. And in fact, I think the facts prove the opposite, that this country is a land of liberty and freedom to people of all races and all creeds. And if there are specific problems in some communities, that certainly some of the blame is on the community itself. And probably the issues between the police and, let's say, Black communities, I think there could be better conversations between the two and the police could and some of them do you know there was that story about some policeman who started an organization where he plays basketball with kids from the inner city to show hey I'm a policeman but you know we have things in common and we can be friends so I'm sure there's better communication that can happen but I don't think it's an issue so I'm not going to protest about it but even if I did think it was an issue it might not be the foremost issue in my mind and there are so many injustices in the world we can't all be expected to tackle all of them we shouldn't contribute to their continuance, but we are allowed to focus on the things that matter most to us and to the things where we think we can do the most good. I will say that people who do riot and protest I believe could probably do better if they chose to take all of their time that they devoted to marching with signs to volunteering, let's say, with kids in the inner city and, you know, giving them a better education, tutoring them, helping them prep for colleges or learning how to fill out a job application. So even if I did think it was an issue, I don't think that I would respond in the way that people would want. And I think it's important that we recognize, and this is a little bit pointed at the people who are commenting on my Instagram, I know they're not listening, But we can all take it to heart that some issues are going to matter more to us than they do to our friends or family. We can't tell people what issues necessarily to care about. I mean, we can educate them and we can offer ideas of organizations that people can offer money to. But if we know people are working really hard and that they're good people and they work diligently for one issue, then that's the issue that matters to them. They're not bad because they don't care as much about the issue that we care about. So that's just been something that's on my mind because of these comments. I am going to follow the advice of so many other people, which is ignore the comments and unfortunately let people say what they want. But I am going to continue to spread love and truth and positivity on my Instagram and in this podcast, and hopefully that will ultimately work out for the good. There's one other thing I want to talk about today. So I've been re-watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the series from the 90s with Melissa Joan Hart. It's so cute, by the way. I definitely recommend it. But there was an episode the other day where her boyfriend Harvey is expressing that he doesn't want to go to college. They're in high school at this point, and Sabrina is disappointed in his lack of ambition so she uses her magic to try to give him some ambition. I was watching another tv show the other day and unfortunately I don't remember oh I think it might have been Boy Meets World I could be wrong but it was a similar tv show to Sabrina from the 90s or 2000s and it was a teen show and a similar situation where one of the characters did not want to go to college and the friend was disappointed and tried to encourage the friend to go to college. Both episodes of these two different shows really Bothered me. Sabrina specifically bothered me, but that's because I saw it more recently, and there was one additional part of the plot, which was Harvey had ambition. His ambition was to own his own car shop. He wanted to be a mechanic and he wanted to have his own shop. I don't remember in the other show, which now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty certain was Boy Meets World and it was Sean, but I don't remember if Sean had an alternate ambition at the time or if he just wasn't interested in college. Either way, it really bothers me that these shows, which are directed to young people, indicate that one doesn't have ambition if one doesn't want to go to college. That seems like such a bad message to be sending to young people because it indicates that there is one correct way of doing things. And if you're not doing things in that particular way, then you're Ambitionless, and you have no path. And there are plenty of kids who don't want to go to college. Certainly, there are plenty of kids who don't want to go to college right out of high school. Some might go later, but it's college isn't right for every person right out of high school, and college isn't right for everyone ever. Some people that's just not the way they go. And I'm not talking about the people who drop out and Bill Gates is or the (laughs) what's the guy, Apple? I can't think of his name, but you all know who I mean, Steve Jobs, you know, who start companies in their garages because they're geniuses. I'm not talking about those people. Those are the outliers. I'm talking about the people who have different ambitions. Maybe it is to have an auto mechanic shop or to, I don't know, some other technical or trade thing, or even to be a stay-at-home parent. There are people who have different ambitions in life that don't require college, and there are plenty of jobs that one can get where one doesn't need college. And also some people don't center their lives around their jobs. So not everyone needs to go to college and not everyone wants to go to college, but that doesn't mean people don't have ambition. And I don't think that shows which are directed towards teens should indicate that if you don't go to college or don't want to go to college, you don't have ambition. Because how bad are those shows making kids who are in that situation feel? Oh, I'm a loser because I don't want to go to college? No, you're not a loser if you don't want to go to college. Some people go to college, and some people don't. Some people go right after high school. Some return in their 40s. There's no right way to do life in terms of one's education and one's career, and it really bothers me that people should be made to feel bad about their choices. Aren't we supposed to be accepting of people's lifestyle choices except when it comes to college? It's very unreasonable and very unfair and puts A lot of undue stress on people that that's not that's not where their life is going but they might be really wonderful brilliant ambitious kind people so what they don't go to college they might have some so much else to offer so if you are someone who's contemplating college about to go to college and you're not sure don't feel the pressure if you have a kid who's in high school and they're not sure about college don't feel bad my brother is 25 and he's just about to finish community college and head to a four-year university. My cousin also went to college a little bit later. I have a friend who's my own age who finished college late or I shouldn't say late he went to college after he didn't go right after high school. some people go to the military first there's no one right way of doing it so if you're a parent who has a kid in that situation don't feel bad people figure out their lives and college is not the only way to have success. If you don't go to college, you can still have money and live a comfortable life and have a good career and have a good family. Some of us go to college and study liberal arts and still don't know what we want to do with our lives. So college is not some magical formula that figures out life for you. It's sort of just a stopgap between high school and real life. And if college isn't for you, then there's nothing wrong with you it's just not for you. And that's totally fine. Seeing as it is the end of the year, I want to end off this episode with a reminder that it's a really good time to donate to causes. A lot of organizations are doing end of the year campaigns. People like to donate at the end of the year because they want their tax breaks. And you know, the last date to do it for the tax year 2020 is December 31st. And whatever reason you give charity, whether you do it for the tax refund or you do it because you love the charity, ultimately the money is going to the charity. Is it better for you to do it out of love for a good cause? Absolutely, because you're doing something good. Doing something good for the purpose of doing something good, being altruistic, is better than doing it for a tax refund, but ultimately the money is still going to a good place. So if the thing that encourages you to give money is that you're going to get a refund on your taxes, then by all means, let that be your reason. There are a lot of good organizations to give money to. If you are looking for end-of-the-year donations, I'm going to recommend two. The first one is the Friendship Circle. They're a really beautiful organization that pairs kids and adults with disabilities, both physical and mental, with a friend who, it's often teenage volunteers, but not always. And then the Friends, hang out just as friends, and it, so that way the person with a disability isn't always just reminded of their limitations, but they have a friend who's there and play video games, maybe go out to, uh, the friends can do whatever together because they're friends, and that's the point. There are also group events. It is a Jewish organization, so the group events are often centered around Jewish holidays. I don't think that the volunteers or participants have to be Jewish, though I don't know for sure. But either way, it's a really beautiful organization that just gives people who might not otherwise have friends a friend. So, Friendship Circle is what you're looking for. And then the other organization is Operation Underground Railroad, and they are involved in freeing people who are currently in the slave market, sex slaves, and other people who are being held against their will, and I believe they operate all over the world, and... There are, you know, stories about the work that they do in trying to help people escape and freeing them and returning them to their families and their homes. Unfortunately, slavery is a still a real thing. And there are people, both men and women, boys and girls of all ages who are in, who are slaves for their bodies, for very, they I don't even have the words for it, but they're, they're abused and they're mistreated and they're slaves. And that's how much worse can it get? So they're a wonderful organization that, I also recommend there are many organizations to contribute to, and everyone has to figure out where he would most like to give his money, and what organization he most supports, and what is doing the most good. I just wanted to bring those two to your attention, but if you are inclined to donate money, this is the time of year everyone's asking. So thank you so much for listening. I will see you in the new year, and remember always be a little kinder than necessary. Thank you for listening to E Pluribus Unum. I hope today's episode made you think or brought some clarity and positivity to your day. Subscribe to the show to always get the most recent episode directly to your device. Please leave a rating and a review and share the show with your family, friends, or anyone you think might benefit from a little Torah wisdom and conservative thoughts. For more of my thoughts and ideas I share from others, please follow me on Instagram at conservativejewishfemale or read my blog conservativejewishfemale.blogspot.com. The intro-outro music is Chopin's Waterfall Etude. Have a great day!